Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And who's ready to look at Hart Scott Rodino antitrust filings again? Well, if it's not you, I don't have great news because there's been a major change in the Elon Musk versus Twitter story as reported by Reuters this morning. Headline, exclusive, Twitter set to accept Musk's $43 billion offer dash sources. Now, this is, of course, something that we have to take with a grain of salt because it's anonymously sourced, but all of the sourcing here seems to match up with a pattern of stories that we saw over the last 24 hours. So as I said in my thumbnail, how did we get here? You can check out our playlist, of course, at Elon Musk versus Twitter to discuss how he bought into Twitter, exactly what that looked like when it was proposed that he would join the board, and then an analysis of the poison pill plan that the Twitter board swallowed, apparently without even ever talking to Elon Musk. And that's probably a story in and of itself. So how did we get here? Well, as I mentioned when we started this whole journey together, one of the really interesting things about the way Elon Musk actually proposed to buy the company was how casually he did it. We've got a letter that simply says, I'm offering to buy 100% of Twitter for $54.20 per share in cash, a 54% premium over the day before I began investing, and a 38% premium over the day before my investment was publicly announced. And then in terms of the script for communicating that this letter would be received by the Twitter board, we get the notation, send via text. I'm going to send you an offer letter tonight. It will be public in the morning. Are you available to chat? And so there was this certain amount of casualness to the proposal to buy a giant public corporation that perhaps if we're playing devil's advocate, if we're giving the Twitter board the benefit of the doubt, could have been used to say this this deal, this offer isn't real. This individual is doing it for the laughs, however you might otherwise frame it, but we don't have to take it seriously because if they did have to take it seriously, as we've talked about in this playlist and others in virtual legality, the board has a fiduciary duty to go and see whether the deal would make sense for the company and more importantly, for a full-on buyout transaction for the shareholders. The board is a fiduciary for the shareholders' investments. It is not the companies for the board to block. Nevertheless, as soon as this offer was made, seemingly almost instantaneously, the Twitter board does swallow a poison pill plan. And you can check out that video in this playlist where I talk about how a poison pill works, but I made certain assumptions in that video that the poison pill would maybe be a two-to-one dilution, would otherwise be something that they could justify for the amount of time that it was out there, something short-term to give them a moment to wrap their arms around, and that didn't wind up happening. In fact, that's why the Twitter board started to get some very bad reviews. In this Yahoo Finance article that I talked about earlier, a former SEC chairman says, I'd give the board an F. The number that Elon Musk is offering is at least a legitimate frame of reference and the board's unwillingness to treat it seriously strikes me as worthy of a poor grade. Now, when you have headlines going out there saying Twitter board gets an F, this should be looked at very closely. Shareholders are going to take notice because shareholders are not without recourse in these kinds of situations. If the board is not looking at a potential deal at all, is blocking it with a very draconian poison pill, as we'll talk about a little bit later on in this video, then yes, you can go file a lawsuit on behalf of Twitter. We call it a derivative suit and say the board isn't doing what it is supposed to be doing. It is breaching its duties to the company and to me 
as a shareholder. And it really did look, as you can hear me say in the prior videos, like we were careening towards a potential Twitter board fiduciary duty lawsuit, which of course would have been very interesting for this channel, but not very good for the shareholders of Twitter itself. Now, Elon then had a bit of a choice to make. Do I stay pat? Do I go and trigger the poison pill? Do I back out of this and say, hey, that board is crazy? Or what we found that he did wind up doing in the last week, week and a half is make my bid look more serious. That at some point, the board is not going to be able to ignore this and say, well, that was just a cocktail napkin upon which he offered to buy the company. And we talked about this at the end of last week. We saw SEC filings start to come in in which Elon Musk established that he was serious about this. So we see on April 15th, 2022, as he describes, Twitter adopted a rights agreement, the poison pill. Twitter has not responded to the proposal at all. Given the lack of response by Twitter, the reporting person, which is Elon Musk in this filing, is exploring whether to commence a tender offer to acquire all of the outstanding shares of common stock. And some people saw this filing and came into the comments and said, hey, hasn't he already started a tender offer? And the answer to that is no. That's a last recourse type of situation. That's saying, I'm going to try to buy the company out from under you board without your approval. All the stuff we've talked about with respect to Delaware law, with respect to the poison pill plan, with all the problems that that entails would kick in. And if Elon Musk had his druthers or any acquirer had theirs, they would prefer to go through the board and get this thing done on a non-hostile basis. So he says, I'm exploring it but it doesn't mean that a tender offer had been made. And indeed, it seems very unlikely that a tender offer will be necessary at this point in time. But the purpose of this filing was to establish that he had very real financing ready to go. Now, in my earlier videos, I had said that the financing concept that, hey, maybe Elon Musk can't get enough money together to buy Twitter was perhaps the most ludicrous angle that the board could take. And we'll see why some of the headlines coming out this morning are thus a little bit suspect because he is both the richest man on earth and very well connected with companies that have backed him in other acquisitions and purchases and investments before. This is the kind of person who says, hey, I'm thinking about buying you for 39 million billion more dollars. You have to take seriously because they can collect that very easily. And so we saw only a few days later, they get a debt commitment letter from Morgan Stanley for about $13 billion. And I'm not going to go through all the details here, but it's divided into a number of things as you often see in loan documents. One is senior secured at a term loan for $6.5 billion. So that means interest is going to accrue and he's going to owe it back at certain rates, a little bit like a mortgage if you have a $6.5 billion house. Another one that's a senior secured revolving facility for another $500 million. That one doesn't come out when you start the loan. That comes out as needed with certain terms in and of itself. And then bridge loans for whatever reason to get to different milestones, to get to different financing, to create a bigger syndicate, whatever that might be of another $3 billion and another $3 billion split up between whether it is secured or not. Then you have $12.5 billion in margin loans from Morgan Stanley. Again, that would be secured by stock. Margin loans meaning it's secured by the value of securities uh, in some respect. And then Elon Musk himself committing to about half, $21 billion more. At that point in time, Twitter really should be taking note, should be taking it seriously. Because not only is he saying, hey, I, I bought 9% of the company. Not only is he sending you a text message that says, I'm thinking about buying the rest of your company. I'd like to buy that. Let's talk about it. Now he's actually collecting the money that he could pull the trigger on spending at realistically a moment's notice, backed 
by Morgan Stanley for roughly half the purchase price. And he starts making legal filings that we would expect for someone that is serious about this. Elon Musk registers three X holdings companies to support Twitter takeover bid, unnamed as they are because you don't want to name them in advance of an actual purchase agreement or negotiation, which we'll see is happening and likely did happen in bulk overnight uh, yesterday night. Reference is made to a possible third-party tender offer by X Holdings 2, a Delaware corporation, and a wholly owned subsidiary of X Holdings 1, a Delaware corporation, to purchase all outstanding shares of common stock of Twitter Inc., a Delaware corporation. And this letter agreement is being delivered by Elon Musk to parent and the purchaser in connection with the offer and the merger. And that's his own company. So here he's setting up to threaten a tender offer that he's gonna have a holdings company structure in order to have, I would guess here, certain tax benefits that he's gone over with his legal and his financial counsel. And he is letting the world know it with an SEC filing. Okay, now Twitter board, I sent you an offer. You haven't talked to me, although talks are probably happening behind the scenes by this point in time. You swallowed a poison pill. That poison pill was really, really bad. We'll talk about that again in just a minute. And now I've collected the financing. Now I've set up the structure to go over your heads. You wanna take this hostile? That's when things get really, really bad. You better start taking me seriously. And that's the framework upon which we see things really change over this weekend, right? We get a tweet from Fox News. The social media giant Twitter is reportedly taking another look at the deal. Twitter re-examines Musk's bid after Tesla CEO secures financing. And this is the headline I wanted to point out because there are a number of ways that the board can justify not listening to Elon Musk. That, hey, the company is wildly undervalued for reason X or reason Y, or that Elon Musk shouldn't be taken seriously because it came in so casually. Other reasons that we've talked about in other videos in this series. What you probably couldn't say is we don't think he can get together the financing because bare minimum, he could destroy the Tesla stock price, liquidate huge sections of his Tesla interest and come after Twitter if he were so inclined. So that was never something that made sense, but it does present a useful kind of CYA moment for the board. They can say, look, we just weren't sure he'd be able to get the financing together. And so forget you, Yahoo Finance, for giving us an F for announcing a draconian poison pill like a day after Elon Musk offered to buy the company without even talking to him or considering the deal to be serious in any respect. We, we just didn't know if he would be able to gather about $20 billion in financing. Turns out he can. We better take another look at it. Now, as I said, I went into more depth on the poison pill plan once a copy of it was made available to the public. And one of the things I found there was it wasn't just a poison pill that was designed to give a little bit of breathing room to the board to evaluate an unexpected offer, which as much as I don't like it because the shareholders are the owners of the company and I don't like to see the board kind of step in where it doesn't belong. And this isn't Twitter. This isn't any specific company. This is in all cases when you've got an all cash offer for stock, it's very difficult for a board to justify not allowing the stockholders to effectively vote on whether or not that is a good thing. I looked at this and found it to be much, much worse than it would have been in the image that I had considered when their press release went out. In fact, the poison pill plan results in a nine to one dilution, requires a pretty significant capital infusion, and would utterly murder 
a lot of the stockholders that can't get together all of this money in order to defend their positions and would massively, massively favor the institutional investors that can collect that money if it were triggered. Now, instead, this poison pill is coming off the table, would be my guess, when and if Elon Musk and Twitter come to an agreement. And as I tweeted out last night, so... uh, A year-long block of a single-tier all-cash above-market offer framed as a capital call and diluting it 9 to 1 may may not hold up, in case you were wondering. Pretending to be, of course, the Twitter lawyer speaking to their board when they are evaluating, hey, is this poison pill going to get us out of a lawsuit? How much exposure are we in, lawyers? And you take all of these facts, all of this background over the last couple of weeks, and you find that the board was on a very, very thin read indeed, which leads us, of course, almost inexorably in hindsight to this Reuters headline, Twitter set to accept Musk's $43 billion offer. They're expecting it to come today. Heck, maybe by the time this video is published and or you're watching slash listening to it, Elon Musk's bid has already been approved by the board, but there are no guarantees. The board could pull out of this entire situation, not just today, but really go and look for that fight. Now, I don't think it's likely. I think you got the Wall Street Journal. I think you've got Reuters effectively saying uh, that they have negotiated throughout the night. But you're also hearing reports that there are still a few things that are sticking points. And this isn't unusual when you are agreeing to what amounts to a term sheet uh, at this level. And the one that we do see reported on by Reuters goes as follows. Twitter has not been able to secure so far a go shop provision under its agreement with Musk that would allow it to solicit other bids once the deal is signed, the sources said. Still, Twitter would be allowed to accept an offer from another party by paying Musk a breakup fee, the sources added. Now, there's a couple of things happening here. It looks like the Twitter board would very much like to not be subject to what we usually call a no-shop provision or an exclusivity provision. If you go back, you look at our coverage of Activision Microsoft, for instance, you will see in the term sheet a period of time when Activision isn't allowed to go and solicit bids, to go look for someone else to buy them. So here, the Twitter board has already indicated, already signaled that it would prefer to not be in the Elon Musk business. So one thing that they have very likely been doing over the past 11 days is looking for a white knight looking for someone that can come in with a slightly better offer and say, yes, we would prefer to buy Twitter, and then the board can go approve them at a higher number. Now, unfortunately, since Elon Musk has been so public, the Twitter board was stuck there as well, because if Elon Musk knows that, the board still should be trying to execute some kind of auction process, some kind of bid, because again, it's their fiduciary obligation to get the most dollars out for their shareholders once this happens. Now, once you're in that auction process, once you're in that bid, you're really going to be taken over and the board wouldn't be happy about that. So they appear to be saying, hey, we don't want a no-shop clause in our letter agreement. And honestly, Elon Musk, with the leverage that he has right now, with the negotiation that's happening, is probably pushing very hard for what is standard market approach, which says, hey, I get 60 days, I get 90 days to try to lock up what the definitive agreement would be for a merger in all likelihood for tax reasons to acquire your company. And you're not going to go try to undercut me. Now, the second part of this provision is effectively the way the Delaware code works, right? The board has a fiduciary obligation to go maximize the dollars for the shareholders. So as long as they aren't soliciting something and abiding by their contractual terms that they might otherwise agree to with Elon Musk, they basically have to 
honor and look at a potential bid that would realize more money for their shareholders. Now, there's a bunch of interesting things that can happen even in that process because Elon Musk is offering all cash, 5420, in a single tier. It's the easiest, simplest way to go and actually buy a company. And another buyer might say, hey, we can get $55 together, hopefully more in order to have this fight at all. But a portion of it's going to be financed with our equity. Or we don't have our banks lined up yet. We actually have to go get approval from them. There are a bunch of things that the board might wind up having to evaluate, even if there were a secondary bidder. And certainly the term sheet here is going to have a breakup fee involved with that concept. Hey, if you go away from us, I've spent all this time, I've spent this legal money, I've spent all these resources, you owe me a certain amount of money, which is all also what we see in the Microsoft and Activision deal where Activision owes two point some odd billion dollars back to Microsoft if they go and take what I believe they've defined as a superior offer in their own documentation. So that's where things sit today, but it looks very much like if you're an Elon Musk fan, he might well become the owner of social media giant Twitter. And if you're not a fan, I'm sorry about that, but it is trending his direction. We will, of course, continue to follow up on this if there is more news, but I probably won't be making a separate video if the only news today is, yep, there's a deal, at least until we can get to read that for ourselves. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoy this kind of content, legal and business conversations about the stuff that's already in the news and that you care about, please do consider checking the channel, supporting the channel at Utreon or at Patreon if you're more familiar with that platform. Otherwise, just subscribing, telling your friends. We've had a lot of growth here on the channel in subscribers. I can't thank you all enough for sharing this content around with people who might be interested. If you could keep doing that, I would very, very much appreciate it. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.